So, Sunit, what's the best wedding you've ever attended? So, one of the best weddings I've ever attended was between a Moroccan friend of mine and his East Malaysian bride here in Singapore. Uh, we attended their ROM ceremony, and then in the evening, we headed over to Arab Street, um, plonked ourselves on this massive 12 people table in uh, on the Arab Street outside of the Moroccan restaurant. The part that I remember most distinctly is that Although the alcohol didn't flow that night, the shisha and black tea was sprinkled with magic. Another episode of Cross Culture, a podcast that celebrates the diversity in Asia as told through the multicultural experiences of two Asian dudes living right here in sunny Singapore. Hi, I'm Sunit, the Indian dude. Okay, Eric here, Filipino dude. As we all know, interracial couples are quite commonplace here in Singapore, even more so today. And in the last year, in 2019, uh, 23% of all marriages in Singapore were interracial based on the stats released by the Singapore government. This is more than double the same number 20 years ago. And as we know, this is a trend that's been increasing here in Singapore. And it's actually much more prevalent now in many parts of Southeast Asia. And it's steadily increasing worldwide. So we decided to call in some friends who are in such mixed marriages and to shed more light on this, I would say, a beautiful social phenomenon. Um, and get into the weeds of what makes um, cross-cultural marriage tick, what it means to be in one in these modern times. Being an in, in, in a cross-cultural marriage yourself, Sunit, I know this is a topic of interest for you. A topic of passion. Yes, absolutely. Passion. Passion, passion. dude. I'm Very not passion. kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I myself met my wife, um, a Portuguese in Malaysia. And we were among a group of friends that was extremely multicultural and we were one of the first people in that group to get married since then we've basically seen an iranian get married to a macedonian we've seen uh, a french get married to a brazilian um, we've also seen spanish getting married to an ukrainian and an egyptian getting married to a czech so i am so fascinated to explore this cross-cultural intermingling um, and how it operates here in singapore and, you know, as much as I'd love to get all these mixed culture, mixed race partners in one room, we can only fit in, like, just a few because of Singapore's COVID-19 regulations. So while we have Sunit here being in a cross-cultural marriage himself, we also want to bring in our friends, Sherlyn and Monica. Say hi, guys. Hi, hi everyone. Hi. Cool. Um, hi, my name is Shaleen. Uh, I'm from Singapore, born and raised here. My partner is Caucasian, um, and he's of Swiss nationality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm Monica, so I'm a Portuguese. My um, husband, he's uh, half um, German and half Indonesian Chinese. Uh, mm -hmm. We are living in Singapore and um, yeah, that's a bit who we are. So Shirley, tell me what's like the favorite thing for you about the Swiss food? What's your favorite Swiss food? Uh... I would say the Swiss food is, I would say food is a combination of different cultures together as it is. Um, 
My partner's Swiss French, so there's a lot of cheese that goes on in the household. Um, I would say, yeah, that's always I good. Um, I like a good raclette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Monica? German food or sambal? Or sambal. Well, yeah, that's good to to say that. Even though he's a German, yeah, by nationality, we we have a lot of uh, Asian food at home. And, Does he uh, himself make it? Is it something he makes he it. Oh. No, no, he makes it because he spent a lot of his childhood in Indonesia, and he does mm-hmm. know all this, you know, gado gado and sambal, or all, you know, all this type of dishes that remember his childhood. So he really tries to make them at home. And yeah, so it's quite part of our daily meal plan. It's always an Asian or a lot of rice, I need to say. Now, what about you guys, uh, Sherlyn? Like, do you guys, like, does he make a lot of Swiss food? Or would you say there's a good balance of you making Singaporean food and Swiss food at home? Yeah, well, I don't, um, I don't tend to make too much Singaporean food because the hawkers, the hawkers do a great job. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you bow where there are masters who can, Fry noodles better than you. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but we, but we do. I think a lot of our food is quite uh, a bit of a mishmash in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I'm quite lucky because uh, Christian makes a lot of makes a lot of food from scratch. He makes chili sauce. He makes sourdough bread. Um, so sometimes it would be a bit of an Asian with a little bit of a Western dish. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a hodgepodge in its own ways. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Your dining table is as multicultural as you are. I think it's normal. It's normal it? yeah. I think after a while, it's what it, we we tend always to bring then both type of cuisines because one way or the other we are going to miss yours, and then it just starts to be the daily routine. It's yeah. a mix of all the the food you you loved and yeah. and you just yeah. And people travel, right? So we yeah. travel a lot. I think you know you 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 fall in love with food from different cultures. Exactly. I think the nice thing about living in Singapore is you. Yeah get to try food from different cultures and then sometimes it ends up being back home on your dining table exactly. you know whatever you cook and um, or, or leftovers that you bring back from a party yeah <laughs> so I think the dining tables here are quite quite a mixture right yeah for both of you guys yes and tell us where did you guys meet your spouses I'm gonna start with you Monica oh that's a long story so okay. I'll try to we met in a plane so 13 years ago in a plane from Barcelona to Lisbon. How romantic. It was romantic. Yeah, it was really romantic. Yeah, so we met uh, 13 years ago in this plane in, uh, yeah, and uh, later on we met again after two months and, uh, yeah, magic until today. Magic. (laughs) That's the short version. I I don't know. (laughs) It's a long story. (laughs) Short version. How did you guys meet? Oh, mine's even shorter. We met at work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and there's no, there's no, uh, there's no law. Like, there's no work policy about dating your coworkers, obviously. No, because we weren't, we weren't working um, together per se. Right. We were in different departments. Um, uh, the the company he, he I'm still with the company he has since left the company oh, but okay. there were 300 of us so you know <laughs> it's it's one of those a little bit more social right. um, but we were from different departments yeah oh cool so you just met in a coffee break it's like hey what's up yeah I I, mean, I, 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 I want to I ask you a question around that what was that moment of like magic like what was that moment where you go like this is the person that I would I would like to be with um when he first cooked me a meal, I knew I was in trouble. 
<laughs> wow. Um, you just drizzled raclette on your noodles. <laughs> they say the way to a man's heart is through their, through their tummy. I think it's a same for women. Same for women too. For me, well, for me, because our story was um, so magical. We were, we were living in two different countries. So it was all really intense in the beginning because you, you needed to do the, max, the maximum you could in that moment you were together during the weekends. So I think immediately on the first weekend I met him, I knew I was in real trouble. And then after that was just the moment, how, how can we make this work, right? If you believe it and then you don't want to put that topic at the table and you just try to enjoy and enjoy. Um, yeah, but there was that moment, that first weekend in Spain when I realized, okay, we, there's something here. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's explore that uh, that theme a little bit more because I, I'm also sort of curious to kind of find out what point in life were you guys at when you met your respective um, spouses now? So when I met Martha, I was mm -hmm. 25, 26 years old, um, working outside of India for the very first time and just part of this extremely multicultural group. And... It was just one of those times when, you know, you were young and I met her in one of those sort of parties and, and we were just young and, and out to have fun, right? Uh, where were you guys when you met your respective spouses? Well, I was quite young as well. So I was 24 when I met Martia and Martia was 31. So, and we are in completely different stages of life. So I was just, you know, you finish university, you start your career. So you're just trying to figure out who you are going to be in your future. And he was an accomplished man already for himself, really independent, living alone since I think he was 16. Mm -hmm. So we are we were completely in different stages of life. Um, yeah, so, but we were, both of us used to be in a mixed type of environments because we both study outside our countries. Mm -hmm. So we're, somehow we had a lot in common on that regards. It was just stages of life. I was young, trying to start, and he was already, you know, knowing what he wanted and completely independent and with a plan for him. Great. And you, Sherlyn, yeah. Um, I think... When I met Christian, it was, it was off on the basis of friendship because we were we were work work colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's it was I wasn't in looking for a relationship, um, and I met Christian at thirty six. So from a personal point of view, it was more me thinking, okay, going into my forties, what do I want? Where do I want to go with with my life? Um, and so I think with Christian, it really started off as a friendship in mm. a way and then it evolved uh, quite quickly from there we realized we had a lot of similar hobbies things that we were interested in um yeah that was that was sort of when i knew okay i'm in a little trouble <laughs> <laughs> did the fact that your spouses were of a different culture or even a different race did that make them that much more attractive to you guys <laughs> exotic like exotic to be honest, and, and I think, Sunit, we spoke often about this already. I'm coming from Portugal, and we are already such a mixed country as well. And I, I didn't realize the race or the ethnicity or culture even of, of Marty. We were from different countries, and mm -hmm. that was what I saw when I met him. 
so I didn't find the attractiveness of, oh, he looks an Asian guy, you know, that right. was not, but indeed had the, maybe if you want to say what was maybe a, a nice point to have was, is not a Portuguese guy. I can put it in that way. Oh, okay. Right? So okay. He's outside of your he's, culture. Exactly. As opposed to outside of your culture. He's race not Portuguese, person. right? Yeah, it's, okay. it's another culture or another nationality. And that's where I put it. But I never look in the other rational type of, you know, how people look like. Yeah. If I can be very candid about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> only, only candid is accepted on this show. Um, I, I'm, so I'm Singaporean Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when Christian and I were just about to start uh, were, were dating, I was more conscious of the connotation of what a cross-cultural relationship is here between a Chinese person and a um, Caucasian man, for example. Yeah. I think it all boils down to individuals and the friends that you have, the social circles that you have. Um, there weren't any, there were, there were no any issues or or, or or questions that my family or my friends had. But on a broader level, um, yeah, it's a pretty prevalent sight, I would say, in 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 Singapore, um, where there are different cultures, different cross Caucasian specific Chinese yeah. um, mix, yeah. mixed couples, yeah. to be honest. So then did that make him more of an attractive proposition or less of an, like, were you like, oh, I'm going to get, yeah, You're I'm going to get stereotyped. hesitant. Right. Um, because I've also dated Caucasian guys um, before. I also didn't want to become pigeonholed in, 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 in its own sense. Right. Um, so... It wasn't a hesitation on dating someone. It was a, instead of fighting it, which I was throughout my teenage years, um, I was like, okay, we'll just see where this goes. And yeah, that was... <laughs> and then it went, I assume it went beyond where he's from, what's yeah, his race, what's yeah. his culture. So. It, goes, it, it goes very quickly beyond that. But the very first start would be, would, for me was, okay, all right, well, let's just see where this goes. And... You go right. from there. Hey, I thought Martha was like extremely exotic. <laughs> I mean, I am not vice gonna... versa, right? Well, yeah, I know for sh for a fact that she found me very exotic as well because of the fact that I was from India. Um, she was from Portugal. We met in a place where it was extremely multicultural, but the first few moments were all about oh, exotic, right? And then it sort of evolves from there where it was like, oh, actually, you're you're a cool person. I I could totally see hanging out with you for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, can, I can have Indian spice for the rest of my life. I think yeah, that's what yeah. She said. Well, that's what she said. And yeah. I was like totally happy to take on her codfish and whatever. But Cornfish? Codfish. Cod, cod. Ah, codfish. Codfish. Bacalao. Okay. It's a religion. It is. Bacalao is a religion. Yeah. Anyway, Charlene, you sort of spoke about that apprehension. Right, and for for Monica, for you, that was almost a non-issue. But did you ever feel like, oh, hey, you know what? I am getting pigeonholed, or I am a little apprehensive of this sort of cross-cultural relationship and then marriage. Not, not really. And, and again, we are speaking about Europe, right? So I don't think it's the same impact of you know being in Asia. In Europe, is a bit different, but. For, for me, was 
I think I started to realize that more after I was already in a, in a relationship and where you see that indeed you have some cultural differences between us. Mm. It was not something I thought about it. I just, I just needed to think about it once I was already living that situation. Right. And we had a lot of examples about this, like even about weddings, so the marriage and how it's perceived in Germany and how it's perceived in Portugal or, um, or even, you know, being a parent and what normally people in Germany take once you are a parent, what should be the mother role and what is the mother role of being a parent in Portugal. So mm -hmm. I realized this later on, not in the beginning, because I literally just assumed that being European, uh, you know, born and raised, you will just be sharing the same type of ideals or not having any type of difficulties. Right. Yeah, so this just came later for us. Right. Yeah. I think I, I can yeah. just to set the context around this, like we meet so many, I've had so many friends of mine who have dated people from different cultures um, and faced a ton of um, resistance from their families internally. Just because India is such a conservative yeah. society, there is a certain pushback, even if you marry outside of caste. So then to take that and to marry outside of your country, outside of your race, it becomes even more difficult, right? There's mm. more pushback. And so I'm assuming, and again, I'm assuming here, Monica, that wasn't much of a thing for you because you just felt like it was European per yeah. se. But I'm sure there must have been like some differences where you were like, this is hard to like adapt to this different culture. Well, Yes, maybe. Uh, okay, I can speak about maybe a funny topic, like um, how you call it, nudity, like in Germany mm. and Portugal, right? Yeah, and this, this I think I give you a nice topic my for you. favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for, to the For point. people not familiar, and I'm actually generally not uh, yeah. familiar, who's more nudist than who? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. So in Portugal, we are quite, people might think we are quite liberal and you go to the beach and you have the topless and, you know, the nudism type of that was my impression. and so on. Right. And indeed, many people have that, but that's not the case. You have maybe one, two, three beaches in Portugal where you have that and it's really just a few type of people who, who does it. Mm -hmm. While in Germany, that's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing that you go to the beach, you go to the lake, you just undress yourself and you go out it doesn't matter if you are with your friends family you just do it and, <laughs> and so and this was for wow. me was really the first time this comes so we were in the beginning of our relationship and we went to Austria to out to have the our um, New Year's Eve with friends and then suddenly in that little town we were you had like the opening of a, a spa thermal place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so first of of january was everyone said oh let's go there i said okay let's go there so me and marty we arrived a bit late and i just remember it's like you pass by the swimming pools everyone dressed up still you know swimming wear like proper and then suddenly you have like these two huge doors that for me suddenly you open and everyone is out there naked in it's like a painting you have yeah. from you know from the greek times i don't know and i was like oh dramatic my. opera music playing no, completely. In the no completely Steam coming out of those doors is that literally like that <laughs> and you have everyone naked and so and i'm shocked they said to martia i i'm not going to my reaction was everyone is naked i'm not going to undress myself Fuck no yeah. that was and the that reaction was, and that was like, <laughs> Marty was really like, no, that's normal here. He said, what do you mean it's normal here? <laughs> we never discussed that point. Yeah. 
and and then suddenly our friends come and they are all naked and I was like oh my sorry guys and I put my towel yeah. around me like it's okay I'm I'm naked yeah I was not right. did you cut the, yeah. the critical question here is did you cover your eyes I didn't cover my eyes, but it was <laughs> okay. difficult to be speaking with your friends, right? That you almost don't know them. You know, yeah. it's the first time and you're already seeing yeah, the makeup. Yeah, my eyes are here, my face is here. <laughs> no, not, and this for me was like the first time I really realized, you know, that it's, and it's cultural, you know, uh, Angela yeah. Merkel, the, you know, you have photos of her in, a, in a naked, because it's normal. It's, it's not a topic in the Nordic countries and in Germany and so on. But literally for me, this was really like, oh, indeed we have some little things that are different and how we um, we perceive. So yeah, a, a good funny story That's for you guys. That's a great story. So you won't expect you to throw a, a naked party into the no, 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 until today, no, honestly. And this is something really interesting in Germany. And you know, then I moved there two, three years right. later. And indeed, you go to, uh, it's normal to go to a sauna in the winter times and so on. And everyone is naked and that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really difficult to accept that. So I always try to go with my bikini and I thought, oh, there's not a problem if I am. But culturally, it's not acceptable if you are with a uh, dressed up. So you literally have the people going and complaining to the owner saying she is dressed. She needs to go out or she needs to undress. Oh, and right, and right. it's such a, a cultural type because for them it's like that, right? Uh, and for me it was not. So And therefore I stopped to go to this place because I mm -hmm. never found myself comfortable with. Charlene, that's a yeah, that's a very physical it's a cultural. cultural yeah. <laughs> it's also a, it's a hard story to talk. I guess I I would say Christian and I are quite lucky because I my family is quite modern, mm -hmm. so I'm Chinese. My family isn't very traditionally Chinese, so right. so we don't really have um, issues when it comes to family in 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 a sense. Um, I think the cultural differences we have is is probably a little bit more in. Um, Communication, I would say. Communication. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think I think the Europeans tend to be a little bit more reserved uh, when it certain the Swiss. Uh, well, the Swiss specifically. Yeah, well, I guess it depends more, on the country because I have yeah, yeah, yeah. different it's experiences just, from different people, <laughs> right? But the Swiss are a bit more reserved. A bit more reserved. Okay. Um, so I, I would, uh, and I come from a pretty loud, very passionate uh, Chinese Chinese family. family where you know, yeah, we're yelling at it and then we're done. But then we close the chapter and then, you know, you move on from mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think in a sense, it would I wouldn't say it's culturally a challenge, but more culturally different. So I understand, okay, this, 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 it's, a bit more, it's a bit more subdued uh, in, in a way. So I've learned how to manage as well um, the cultural differences when it comes to communication. Communicating to each other to more. Each other, time, right? To each other. Why more. does he tend to hold back a bit more? And while you're saying a lot more. Yeah, right? that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with us, to be honest. Yeah. So Portuguese people, we say we are born in, you know, in the water because we are always crying. We are really sentimental type of people. Yeah. You know? We have the fado. We have the saudade. So we have a lot of things that's all about emotions <laughs> about us. And I think the Swiss German is a bit similar. Oh. They are they are emotional, but they show less the emotion and they go quite straightforward to the point. Yes. While for me, I need to you know for me to go from A to B, I do a lot of C's, 
right? <laughs> so, and yeah. for, for my husband, it's A to B, it's A to B direct, you know, and there's no time for the C's in the way. Right. And this is really, inter- it's all about communication, right? Yeah. And sometimes, it, for me, it might be a really important topic, but it's just discontracted topic, and it's really simple for him. And then this comes with the communication type of yeah. issues that you can have, that it's like culturally, yeah. maybe. But I guess it's yeah. also growth for for me. It's also growth, you know, yes. learning that that there is there is a simpler method to it rather Completely. than yeah. rather than um, well, uh, it's the same. I also go through many rounds in yeah. some ways. Um, so it's it's been a really good really good learning experience. Yeah. No, yeah. the same totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, communication is a huge part of like making it work, right? And obviously, like I feel like the the more southern you go in the hemisphere, <laughs> the more words get added to your general speech. Like Indians have the exact same perception of being extremely verbose. Mm-hmm. So Martha struggles extremely hard with my family. And you're just saying like contextually, mm-hmm. like you're more of the C's than Martha yeah. is. And I am way more C's. Then is the So how would you deal with that? Did, did you guys yeah. go through all the C's. Like, you, how do you guys manage? Like, I'm sure it must be frustrating for the other person, right? Because like, I find sometimes Martha doesn't express herself enough. Like, she doesn't tell me, you know, hey, here's the context. Here's how it's like. Here is everything that I'm thinking about. Um. What is it like for you guys? I'm constantly asking. <laughs> like, can you tell me? Because and it could be and it could be it could be nothing. But then I'm I'm quite used to also like um, so all all three of us seated here, Sunny, Monica, we all and myself, we all sound like we go through the seas. <laughs> right. no, no, but I think it's a component as as you mentioned before, we learned as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. I think you start to be smarter as well in terms of the conversations. Yeah. Because we learn with each other. Yeah. So I'm thirteen years, uh, going to fourteen years with this person. So it's normal that during this time he has learned with me and I have learned with him. And you start to um make things a bit easier for yourself because you start to understand the other perspective so yeah. i know yeah. that if i need and if i'm emotional about it about the topic well i expect him to learn or have learned already that he need to go a certain path with me to deal with that topic mm-hmm. but somehow in my mind i also change already the way of to communicate with him about that problem so i think this type of communication issues starts to be smaller and smaller it's always there Right. I don't think it's going to disappear because this is who we are. As people. But you learn. Yeah. You learn to manage differently. And it's the same with the job, right? Yeah. I, I work with people from, uh, you know, any, I think any nationality, to be honest. And it's about that. I, the way I communicate with my Japanese colleagues, the way I communicate with my Spanish colleagues or mm-hmm. with my uh, South African colleague on Brazilian, it's all different. And I think that's the same with the relationship. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to ask you a question a little bit. Like, one part is about you adapting to your spouse, right? And Charlene, you earlier spoke about that fear of being typecasted. Um, how did your families deal with with you letting them know that hey, I'm actually dating somebody who is not from around here? Because like, I have a very funny experience about this one. I want to hear yours first, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, when Martha and I started dating back in 2014, um, we were both around the same time going home, um, respectively. 
and we were like okay we have to like this is serious we want to tell our parents about it and i was i was extremely worried because a i had i had dated um other races before but i had never quite introduced them to my parents so it was the first time that i was going to introduce somebody to my parents who was not from india and so i spent a 5 hour flight from KL to to Mumbai drawing up a decision tree of saying <laughs> i am going to say this then these are the possible pushbacks and if they say this then here is a counter argument and it it came out to be a full a3 size paper right that i had that decision tree on do you have it uh, posted somewhere so i can see and post it on the internet no i don't i don't i don't think so i destroyed it pretty soon because oh. i'll tell you the reason why i destroyed it i got home and the very uh-huh. first question my mother asked me saying son you're now 27 years old should we start looking for a seema aunty oh. um to fix you up with some girls and i am like um no because i think i found somebody and i'm and she is portuguese she's 3 years older than me all of that and then i was like really i i held my breath i remember like just moments passing slowly and waiting for my mother to give me the pushback and her reaction was oh i'm glad you're not gay <laughs> come on <laughs> and so my entire work of 5 hours was just straight down the drain so yeah that was my story so what was like yeah what was it for you guys uh for me it was more the language barrier to be honest because you know my parents only speak portuguese ah, i see and uh, but I was really surprised with my parents attitude towards everything. So they surprised in a way that was uh yeah. they really to, for them was all fine. So I didn't have a story like you and they also didn't have any problem or trying complexity. It was really about language. How will they communicate? But then Martia he surprised me as well because we went for a dinner and I was super nervous mm-hmm. so to present them to my parents. And he he speaks uh, Spanish. So Andy was often in Portugal for business as well. Right. And somehow in that night he just speak this brilliant Portuguese that I was like, wow, that's an effort. Well, proper and conversation they, as if they're like talking to each other. Talking to each other and honestly I was not there anymore. It was all about them and wow. uh, and this is until today he turned to be the son and I'm the daughter-in-law or whatever you want to call it. It was right. a really great relationship, but that was just language for me in terms of barrier but he obviously just like he overcame it pretty fast and like he's the one who gave in like he's the one uh, who went your way like, like yeah yeah to, to, i will uh, yeah, i will but, try like this is me trying my best to be yeah true yeah. no completely also because you know as i said we are in different stages of life right uh, i was still living with my parents and uh, i think he he had that pressure into him right like okay mm-hmm. i'm here i'm serious uh, yeah. but he's older mm-hmm. now said we are 7 years apart which in that 7 years today doesn't mean anything right. but in that time it meant a lot mm-hmm. because again 20 20 i was 24 he was 31 so right. you know this type of uh, it looks is a huge gap and i think yeah. that's where i was concerned was about you know the age and the fact you know language was mm-hmm. and because i knew my parents would not look at the face or how it looks like because in my family we have you know i'm married with with a 
looking Asian guy. My cousin is married with a Togo lady. Uh, my other cousin is married with a Romanian. So we are already all so mixed. Oh, okay. right. so but, already, um, there wasn't much of a pushback from the family because no, we it's are. Well it's well accepted. But again, it comes from Portugal. We are a mixed country, and right. this is what people needs to realize. You know, we are such a mixed country that people stop to look at yeah. this type of things. I, yeah. I get no yeah. sort of exotic credits in Portugal. No, I'm sorry, it's you will not. No, nobody will. It's difficult <laughs> because we are already mixed, right? You have like yeah. this amazing mix of Brazilian. And when I African, go there in, in the summers, because everyone's so tan, like it, I can't even stand out because no. I'm brown anymore. No, <laughs> you are white then there. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be the I white. I am one. like, son, get some tan, go to the beach. Which is interesting that you point out that Portuguese is a mixed country. Yeah. Singapore should uh, is also a mixed country, but the sentiments here are much more different. Sorry. Yeah, well, I think Singapore. The, my personal, it's just my personal take, but Singapore is a, it's a melting pot that's also sort of over time cultivated in its own ways. Mm -hmm. um, we've got major races here. I'm, I'm Chinese, so I'm a, a majority race. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I think the country has also recently in the past year been going through a couple of um, conversations about the different races, um, where and each, and I think we all have, I think we all have friends who are inter, who are of different races, Indians, um, Muslims, and that's not, that's not uh, ever an issue. So I think when it comes to mixed um, cross-cultural relationships and marriages, actually it's quite, it's quite accepted in yeah. some families here. Um, and maybe in some families it's a little bit more challenging, but I think that happens in any country, to, to be honest. Right. Um, so, yeah, I have friends who are Chinese, who are married to Indians or Muslims, and it, it's it's not never an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But there are, there will always be pockets. I, I feel there will always be pockets in society that tends to be a bit more, um, that leans towards being more conservative, if I can be honest right, right, about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 And you have yeah. that in And there's nothing wrong with being same. conservative. It's just, it's just a viewpoint of the people, right? Like, yeah. um, I mean, I, I know so many, like I'm literally the first one in my entire family to be married outside of my little state in India. Uh, oh, everyone married Maharashtra. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like maybe a few sort of like minor cultural differences, but mm -hmm. essentially a homogenous group of people. Yeah. Um, and I think what I want to like ask you guys, it's just something that I tend to ask myself very much is what made me and Martha, for example, stick well together? Um, what were the commonalities that you were able to bridge, sort of bridge uh, to make this cross-cultural contract, right? Because we find, I find a lot of people around me who, uh, whose first reaction is, oh, wow, you're married to a, a non-Indian. Uh, how did you do it? Like, how do you guys, you know, make this successful? Like, uh, is has she become very Indian or have you become very Portuguese? Like, but it's hard for them to realize that there is something beyond that. So I just want to dive a little bit deeper to understand what were like those sort of common building blocks. Um, I think it works 
vice versa as well so that you could be married in the same race and you would still have um, challenges that you have to overcome right. as the as, as same culture uh, couple, for example. Mm. I mm -hmm. think perhaps um, for me, coming from a cross-cultural relationship, I'm more conscious that we are of different cultures and I think I, we take a little bit more care with that in a sense, you know, um, with, especially with exactly what you were saying earlier, like, you know, we, I learn how to communicate um, without, the, without the rounds as yeah. much um, in, its own, in its own space. And I think a lot more care is taken to be conscious of the needs of the other person, right. in, in a way, for, for, for me and Christian. Um, and it's worked out really well, like, we, we are able to communicate without taking it for granted that the other person would naturally just understand because you're from the same culture, perhaps, yeah. in some sense. For me, I have the feeling that once you are in such a relationship, we stop to think about these things, yes. right? I, the race just, the culture race, doesn't even, no, it's, doesn't become an issue. Of course, it's anymore. not an issue because you, because if it is, right, if you are so stuck into what the differences of that person, this will make your life yeah. difficult, right? right. Agreed. So I, I am in a relationship with one person, right? And that's how yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think the block number one that you know you, you you break that wall is that you stop to see the race, you stop to see the culture, you see the person, and you accept that person exactly. yeah. as yeah. that person yeah. is. Right. So I never put Marty in the box, right. So some people mm. like I, I remember this friend of mine. She was black in a relation with with a white, and uh, and I remember is the first white guy I am with. And he doesn't say things like, oh, I love your African beauty or I love the something related with her color. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, it's the first time I don't have that. And I say, yeah, that means that he doesn't see your color. And that's when you know that at you, you maybe you, you broke this first brick that you need to step in. And I think after you have that, it's all about not anymore race. It's about two people together and have the same whatever relationship with whoever you are that can then happen and make a success. So for me and Marty is to have the same lifestyle, wanting to have to want the same for us and uh, for our kids. Yeah. And yeah. and this this is it. It's nothing more now related with culture or racial because we have now three kids. Yeah. So I cannot put culture into the pot. You know, I'll right, just make right. my life quite difficult. Right? Mm -hmm. Is this so, something yeah. that's part of you and it's just don't change it and i think you 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 stuck with your with your husband yeah. because of it or just in spite of it like despite of it it's, yeah you you are with a person Both. doesn't matter what that person and i think but that's me right that's how i see it because i never really put martin up in in this in that box in that box of in that german indonesian uh, yeah exactly <laughs> no i found that beautiful right it's of course it's something i, I was attracted to and so on but it's that, you know, not yeah. about then creating boxes around it. It's yeah, that, so. it, that's what attracted, like, it's one of the things that made you attracted to him. Yeah. Or, I mean, and you, that, yeah. that you like about him. Yeah. yeah. First impressions, but it just stops there because you know the person as an individual. Exactly. And then you, your relationship just grows deeper and you find that compromise in between. Assuming those differences were even an issue, right? Exactly. But yeah, you put it in better worse than myself. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. The, the second block could also be, the second block of foundation would be, for sure, whatever that you have in common, regardless of 
cultures yeah. binds a couple together. Yeah. Um, and you could be of different races and different cultures, but there's a reason why both of you have gotten together, yeah. um, the things that you enjoy together. Like for me and Christian, mm -hmm. we love to cook. So that mm -hmm. bonded us and still bonds us. Yeah. Um, our fav favorite time is literally two of us spending time in the kitchen. He's doing a bit of a meal, I'm doing the other bits of a meal, and we catch up right. together. Mm -hmm. So it's it's exactly the mm -hmm. same. You, you don't see the person for, I don't see Christian for that he's Swiss, but that he's just Christian. Right. And what I love about him and he loves about me goes beyond seeing Shaleen from Singapore and she's Chinese and Christian from Switzerland and he's Caucasian. Yeah. So right. Those tags the, melt away. Slowly. Those tags go away very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because um, when I was going home and talking to my parents for the first time in telling them about that, hey, I'm I'm dating Martha. She's Portuguese. Blah blah blah. Uh, and Martha telling her parents that hey, I'm dating Sunit. He's from India. Blah blah blah. The very first question on both sides was is she religious or is he religious and in most cases the answer to that might be uh, yes on both sides and then it makes it a good match for our parents it was no that we're, neither of us is religious and neither of us is going to sort of impose each other's value systems on the other mm -hmm. uh, and that was a big thing so like the one thing that we realized was that if we have the same value systems on both sides then all the other tags don't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like everything else then becomes just, oh, it's there. I mean, it's it, I don't notice it. I don't care about it. I don't care how people perceive it. I don't care about the stereotypes that go with my uncommon marriage mm -hmm. situation. Right? Um, how, do, how do other couples who might be facing a very different situation back home where you know they are getting the pushbacks they are apprehensive any tips for them how do they make it easier what can they learn from you guys yeah for me is not make it a topic you know don't i i know it's difficult if we go already with a problem to the yeah. families right. it's already a problem right? yeah, you're right. so if we approach the topic in a different way like and i was having exactly this conversation yesterday with siti so siti lives with me she's from indonesia mm. she's muslim and she says she's falling in love with a, a catholic indonesian catholic okay mm -hmm. oh but i figure out he was catholic mm -hmm. and i I might need to stop this and and I said to her why right and this is exactly you're already facing a problem right is there a solution rather than facing on the problem and then you approach this that way so that you can go to speak with your family about the solution and right. not about the problem mm -hmm. and I think that maybe because I didn't have that so I, I really mm -hmm. I'm a strong-minded person so even if my family would go against it I would just, just uh, I would just go with it so mm -hmm. if I have a recommendation from my friends we went through this and so on it's all about don't focus that you guys have a problem focus that's the beautiful story and how to bring that story to others so that they see it right so but right. maybe it's an ideal world but that's how I always no, but that, that is ideal, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that is ideal. And, yeah. and you want to have yeah. a ideal picture if you're going to encourage more people yeah. to to explore just finding their soulmates irrespective of the perceived lines of mm. division. 
Yeah. yeah. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah, all the exactly. Time. And um, I, I, I would say I have friends who have been in situations where there are kickbacks or there's resistance from families to the partners that they choose to date. But I have, I have perhaps some thoughts around it. I think mm-hmm. the couple needs to be quite united yeah. in this process. Um, you can't leave each person to deal with it themselves. themselves. Right, no, you're right, you're right. There has to be a full, like, you know, brief download. And a lot of it has to come to both couples being open with each other to share why is there even kickbacks from the family. Right. It comes down to the individual also accepting, okay, shit, this is not ideal. This is just my family. I can't do anything about that, but I can tell you why it's happened. And then going in as a united, exactly. as a united front. Mm-hmm. Um, it also takes time to perhaps get families. Usually, it's families, friends. No one's to you know. Yeah, we can. No we can get rid of friends. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with families, we, but family, you're just stuck with them, right? No, generations of it: grandparents, <laughs> grand, um, you know, grandparents, uncle or aunties or parents themselves sometimes, um, but. Yeah, it's very important that the, it, that the both parties don't feel like they're in, in it alone and they have to conquer it alone. Together. Yeah, they right. have to conquer it together for sure. And I think there's that third block I, I wanted to delve into uh, in a longer term relationship. So you got over their culture or race, you found beauty in their personality as an individual. I think moving forward in a longer term relationship, you guys should have common goals. Both you guys, oh, you're pregnant, uh, Shirley, you're pregnant, and you have three kids, Monica, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's one of those goals, right? I think you're moving forward in that relationship. You should have a united front in terms of like your life goals, I guess. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, I th- but what what you say is also quite interesting. I think as as cross cultural relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to accept that this can always come up to play at different times in our life, for example. Yeah. Ah, so like okay. for, that's okay. one of the, probably one of our foundation blocks where we go, all right, yes, we are good and we are both individuals that, that there are no issues with culture, mm-hmm. but it can come up to play at any point with different things. So for yeah. example, um, yes, Christian and I are expecting right now. So he, he, he had brought up something interesting, which was about religion which was how do we want to raise, right. raise our child. May um, I ask you, which, I mean, do you guys gravitate to a specific religion as a couple or do you guys have separate religions? Yeah, so he's Protestant and he's, he's raised right. um, Protestant. And mm-hmm. for me, I've never really had a religion, mm-hmm. so right. to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, as, and it was quite interesting because he was saying um, that's part and culture or in Switzerland as well like you have to get married and it's also with the church in 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 some ways yeah um, and I was coming along the lines of okay if we raise our child Protestant that mm-hmm. means we need to walk the walk and go to church and we need to you know I we need to do the whole hog because yeah. for me it was yeah. either all or like nothing at all yeah. and he's like no no it doesn't really work that way so then I'm like <laughs> okay how does it so this is where I had to also come to a point and went, okay, at any point our cultures would come up, then that's where the foundation box of communication is yeah. really quite key mm, right, to right. go, okay, I understand he's coming from this aspect because 
what what he was raised and his family is. Now, how do we navigate middle? Yeah, how do we navigate that for for children? And when it comes to children, I think culture comes in a little bit more. more. Yeah, like sure. the, with children, it is a complicated issue. Uh, apparently, there is a law in Portugal that restricts you to pick certain specific names from a list that has been approved by the Portuguese government. Um, and now okay, we're trying. But... <laughs> yeah, no. so like you're not allowed to pick, or you are supposed to. You're pick supposed it. to pick from that list of like two hundred names. That's why every Portuguese is a João Pedro or Tr- no true yeah, and sorry. not true. It's okay. true. Monica's going to help us get get around that no. law. <laughs> no, no this, I I think it. You, you you pointed out a really interesting topic because indeed, you know, once we go through stages, yeah. right, I realize this differences more yeah. like marriage, yeah, how it's seen in Portugal, how it's seen in Germany, yeah, mm-hmm. than kids, you know, yeah. and then comes the name. So let's pick up the name. So me and Martia, when we decided to have our first child, yeah. we were not married. Mm. But I never saw, not me, not him, as a problem. Right? Because in Portugal, by law, uh, you have a kid, you has a mom and has a father. It's not that mm. because you are not married that is going to the, or married that is going to define if has mother or father. Right, right? right. So if I'm in the hospital, like if birth, I have a father, I have a mother once I go out of that hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. In Germany, things so it's are basically like what you're saying is that um, it's you almost have the same civil rights. You whether, have the civil rights. Whether your married or marriage not married. status not. is... Yeah. Not. So as I a parent, see. you have the same rights if you're married or not. Yeah. In Germany, it's a bit different. So in Germany, if you are not married, mm-hmm. that means that the child, it's my child. By right? default, it By default to the, to the mom. Yeah, right. right. So, and then it, it's all a process, including the name. And therefore, I started to understand a bit more about these names and so on. So, for me, as a, as a, as a, okay, let me finish. So then, yeah, so in Germany, if you are married, it's then, it's like Portuguese, married or not married. And as a father, as a mother, directly mm-hmm. when it goes out from the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Thomas says he was born, we're not married. When he left the hospital, he just had my name in this birth certificate right. as a mom, right? Oh, okay. Then we need to go to the uh, to the to a place, a governmental uh, place. I don't remember the name, where I will recognize my husband as the father, right. and then I will sign another paper saying that he has the same rights as I have. So I'm giving him the same parental rights, mm-hmm. and then we go through the process of changing the baby's name because when he goes out, name. yes, because when he goes out, he only has my name not the father name right okay so in portugal it is doesn't happen for many many years so when mm-hmm. the baby goes out of the hospital as a mother as a father you cannot have incognito fathers uh, only in really special type of situations sure so it was a really interesting topic mm-hmm. so but come back with the name that was a, a, a hot topic for me and martia in portugal family name is a heritage it's something that you have with proud so yeah. I have eight names, right? Which is crazy. What? Yeah. How do you even keep a no, track I'm, of that? Yeah. So I'm familiar what, with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you are from Philippines, so I'm sure you have a yeah, bit we, similar, I mean, we, right? Yeah, we stopped that, but like my father yeah. probably has like eight names. Yeah. <laughs> is that, no? In Portugal, many families stop that already. Right. So you decide. Yeah. But so in Portugal, it's all about you carry your family name. So mm. my parents do not have any issues with their families. I just have the name of 
my four grandparents, right? right. Done. You know, problem is solved. No problem <laughs> there. Right? So in Germany, it's uh, you don't carry that. So once I married, I'm assumed to take over the name of my husband, and all my family names they go away. So you yes. have to change your name too. So that's what they assume, right? In Portugal, okay. you add if you want, you add to your names. The, fa the family name of your husband. Mm, yeah. So this mm. was a really interesting thing for us because how do you do this with kids? Because yeah. according to the German law, I could not have my family names together with his family name. We cannot by law in Germany. Okay. You need to choose one or the other and that's the law. You choose one or the other. And mm -hmm. this was a bit of a shock. And we did have some discussions and arguments about this because I know I will not take away the so name of my family. you can't like hyphenate you can't you, you can't, can't intermain, no. okay no mm -hmm. until you find the loop in the law which was our salvation maybe for our future <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that is the german law cannot deny my culture therefore they need to accept the full na the names as we wish them this is for fascinating yeah. very fascinating uh, so and this was it as far as what you say of course this was not a topic we discussed right, right. when we are in the well, beginnings of the foundations it came once you have kids later right on. later yeah. on i mean kids yeah. adds that layer yeah. complexity, and then with the all list and finishing the list name in portugal what happened was that there have many people that would start to register strange names so the government came with a way of let's try to make this like still serious right. and they have names that they accept but because the country starts to be more open and for example with Indian uh, we have a lot of Indian uh, population in Portugal mm -hmm. so they needed to start to change this law because you cannot deny the father you know that comes from India or the parents coming from India with an na Indian name yeah. to your child so this is now is evolving in right. Portugal as well mm -hmm. but you do have a list you. You do have a list. Okay, so I can uh, name my child whatever. Like, uh, like I no, could go Elon some, Musk with, with my no, child's No, no, you still have some. I Honestly, I don't know anymore. You still have some rules there that you need okay. to follow. But, uh, and it's, I think, especially because of alphabet type of things. But, uh, right. yeah. yeah. So no Enrique, exclamation Enrique marks, Musk, I think, uh, no, will be acceptable. <laughs> I like, know, no I exclamation know. marks in the, in the kid's name. No, sorry, no, you can't. But okay. anyway, but this is interesting what you said. So for us, we went through this once we had kids. You know, when I had the second i was already married yeah no problem at all you know you go it's like you go you are in the hospital you sign the papers none here you know? in, in germany oh, in so germany, i had the germany. second still in germany so oh, but okay. it was interesting to see having a child not being married and having a child being married in germany mm -hmm. how the process is so different while in my country there's no difference wow yeah, so this okay. was really like a, a cultural barrier as well for me interesting, interesting. right hmm. so any any last messages for our listeners folks who might be out there thinking man i should really talk to that cute white girl but i'm asian i i don't know how to like connect with her or the other cute, way around she's just a cute, cute girl, girl. <laughs> she's just a cute and girl and you know and vice versa <laughs> i want to talk to that <laughs> cute boy cute east asian boy down the street yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should speak whoever you want, but I think the topic here is more than that, right? It's about facing the challenge, if it's a real challenge for yeah, you yeah. And, and your family. That's true. And, yeah. right. and I think in the moment you believe that's the one for you, right? For me, it's you will go and face the, whatever barriers or walls you'll have and fight for it. Yeah. Cool. But, but as you said, it needs to be one front. 
Yeah, I think be, that's uh, uh, that's the best. I would say if I pick a soundbite, yeah. United Front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say the the biggest takeaway, even having this conversation, is that see beyond a see beyond a race and a culture. The yeah. person is who the person is. If you fall in love with someone who's not of your race or culture or from this country, and if the person's worth it, then you do you do what it takes actually. Yeah, you I really think so do too. what it takes, yeah. Even uh, through the stages, that's the funny yeah. part. You go through the stages and yeah. you will still fight for it through this. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually no better time in history to do so, to, to have a cross cultural relationship at this point, you know, between the conversations that the world is having, the, the, the younger generations are um, also having conversations beyond dating, but who they're friends with. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot much more better now than like exactly. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For borders. Sure. And, and, the stats, yeah. and the stats kind of prove it, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if, the, if the ratio of people in interracial marriages has doubled in the last 20 years, yeah. I only expect this to get faster. Yes. Yeah. And about and a quarter of, like, think about it, like a quarter of all marriages in Singapore are cross-cultural. Cross cross yeah. I think yeah. it's that and, uh, you know, you have a little one in your belly, yeah. right? I have three little ones and I think it's up to us also to create these new generations exactly, to tell them that, to explain them that, right? So I, I, I will finish with this because, you know, we, we are you know, U.S., we are, we are seeing what's happening in U.S. right now about mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matters and, and all these topics. And, you know, for me, it's really difficult to speak about these topics to, to my kids because I don't see the problem why. I understand that there is racism in the society, yeah. even a society as Portugal. Uh, but for me, it's difficult to explain it because I cannot see that person different from me or why that person should not have the same rights for me, right? So I, I, uh, my, my oldest son, he's eight, and I gave him a few books to read about, you know, Martin Luther King and about Nelson Mandela, and he went through these books, he read it and so on. And then when the, once now, you know, the situation in the in U.S. was quite picking, I was right. watching the news and uh, I was a bit crying, honestly. I was by myself and there was a bit, you know, tears in my eyes seeing what's the situation, where we are today, which for uh -huh. me, this is crazy, right? And my son came and said, oh, are you crying? I said, no, 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 no. But then comes my, my four-year-old and said, oh, but you have uh, wet eyes. He said, yeah, ma okay, yes, mama is sad. And then the kids asked me, why are you sad? And I said, well, you know, there are certain things in the society that are still happening and mom is not happy with them. And then my son, my, my daughter left and he said, but what? And I said, okay, do you remember the book you read about Nelson Mandela? And he said, yes. He said, so what was this about? And mm. he said, well, it was about the, the um, he was fighting for equal rights for white and black. Yeah, well, exactly. And do you remember uh, what happened to him? He said, yeah, he went to prison. And, and then I say, like, and do you know that if I tell you that in our days, this is still happening? that uh, black people still does, do not be seen with the same rights as us, uh, with white skin. And he said, oh, in uh, South Africa. And I said, no, honey, around the world, this is still happening. And then he comes with this brilliant idea. You know what, if, if, you know, he was quiet, there is this pause. And then suddenly he said, you know what, mom? After we are out with this virus, we can start to travel and put posters everywhere 
saying that we are all equals, right? And I say, what do you mean? Yes, we can start to travel the world and I will create the posters and saying that uh, I'm equal to the black boy. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Then tears came to my mind. I said, I have, if I do a lot of betting in, you know, parenthood, I achieve something. Yeah. And this is what we're, I hope that my son in these future generations, they will exactly not see this anymore. So I hope that in 20 years time, when we, if we have having this discussion again, you don't have the 20%, you know, we stop even to check out the percentage. It's just what it is. We, stop we are a mix. We stop like, counting. Yeah, yeah, we start no, to to accept that we are mixed and we are a global world. A world yeah, and that's what we should dream of. Yeah, so I think it's all yeah. manifested to your children too, this, yeah. this um, this idea of real like, multiculturalism yeah. is manifested to your children. You guys are in cross-cultural marriages. You found a compromise within yourselves as couples. And now you're passing on that. Yeah. You're passing that on to your kids who are now probably going to be colorblind or race-blind. I mean, not say blind or race, but I'd say both race-blind and at the same time very accepting of other people's cultural differences, yeah. right? Yeah. I, it I, becomes I, a non-issue. Exactly. I remember when we moved here yeah. and my son, yes, ah, yes, you know, my brown friend from school. And I was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you don't say to a child, right? right? I say, yeah. brown friend. I say, and literally today, three years after being here, because indeed, when we were, mm. where we were living in Germany, in Leipzig, mm. you don't have black people around. You don't, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. of course, for him, this was new. Yeah. Right. But I was... Inside me, I was on fire when he said that. I said, wow, are you really saying because it's a brown, your brown friend? I didn't I like that. Yeah. Is this for, no, yeah. He's a child. He doesn't yeah. know. But today, you know, in his class, he has so many different kids. He doesn't say such things anymore, right? Not right. because I told him not to, because I don't think we should do this to the kids either, right? right? right, right they right. need to learn by themselves. Yeah. But it was funny how, you know, how the impact of these words they had on me because that was the reason why I was leaving Europe is because yeah. I want him to see the world and that people are mixing yeah and in our and today I don't I never heard him saying such he speaks about his friends and then when the friend comes is from India he's from whatever you know in in Asia and or Europe or Americas and it doesn't if he wants to speak about his friend it's who he is it's about if it's a boy it's a girl long hair short yeah. hair and, and and this I think okay we are getting there and this step by step. Wow. Yeah. All right. That was, wow. That was, that was deep and actually way more than I hoped for it. But we want to get, actually, I wanted to get to that point. So thank you guys. Thanks for uh, sharing your stories. Right. Very welcome. Most welcome. All right. Thank you for having us. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you.